Hello, my dear friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Curious Neuron Podcast. My name is Cindy Huffington and I am your host. If you are new here, welcome. I am all about sharing the science of parental well-being with you. I want to make sure that you have a space, a community where you as a parent feel supported. And I have a PhD in neuroscience. And I think that there's a lot of research out there that can benefit us parents and help us navigate this very interesting world of parenting that has lots of ups and downs. And I want to make sure that I can bring the right researchers to you and the right studies and the right experts. So thank you for being here. If you haven't done so yet, please make sure that you are subscribed to the Curious Neuron Podcast. Um, there have been changes in the Apple ag- algorithm. So if you are not subscribed, when you listen to a small part of the episode, I believe, it doesn't count as a download. And then that doesn't register as a download for me. And the metrics make a very big difference in terms of me getting the support that I need to continue this podcast. So just tap out of this podcast episode just for a second and make sure that you are subscribed. If not, click on that button and I would deeply appreciate if you did that. And if you have a little bit more time, please make sure you leave a rating for the podcast and leave a review. Send me an email at info at curiousneuron.com. Let me know, send me a screenshot. Let me know that you've written a review and I will send you a thank you gift. Um, it's called Meltdown Mountain. So if you have a child that really is struggling with their emotions. I have some visuals for that. And I'm going to send you some coupon codes for the reflective parent workbook that we have at the Academy. That's a hundred pages of different reflection prompts that look at different relationships that you have in your life and um, different aspects of parenting as well. So that you can, it will help you think through things that are becoming difficult for you perhaps in your life. And I'm the co-founder of the Wondergrade app as well. So you can send me an email and I'm going to get, I'm going to send you some, some love too. <laughs> so thank you for being here today. Um, make sure that you also check out our, um, affiliates and our sponsors and partners in the show notes. We are working with BetterHelp. We are also working with PocPoc, which is an app that my kids absolutely love and use every single day. You could get 50% off your year with that app. It's an open-ended app. You don't even have to feel guilty about using screen time. And with BetterHelp, of course, the reason why I wanted to partner with them is because you know, sometimes as parents, we don't have the ability to leave our home as much as we want to, but therapy is very important. And from the parents that have reached out to me and told me that they started using BetterHelp, they have seen a difference in how they navigate their own emotions and how they support their child. So I do highly recommend that you check them out and give them a try. And Holsty is a company that I've recently um, partnered with, and they have lots of amazing products and a membership that will help you with your own well-being and your relationships and your overall feeling of joy and happiness in your life. So these are three really important partners to us. So you can have a look. Okay. I don't want to delay this conversation anymore. Um, I, I do want to have a really, um, different episode, I guess you could say today. Oh, actually, before I do that, I also need to thank uh, the Tannenbaum Open Science Institute Institute, and the McConnell Foundation because they are the major sponsors of the Kirsten podcast. So I, I need to thank them. Um, but today I want to do something a little bit different. I want to share a story with you that is a really important story that I happened to share with my kids recently. And it kind of started the whole conversation about resilience and what that is and and growth mindset. And it's really important for me to um, share with my kids that we can't expect everything to be easy. And I have one child in particular that's really struggling with a challenge right now. 
and it's so much easier not to do it. It's so easy not to put yourself in a situation that makes you uncomfortable. It's a particular extracurricular activity that he wanted to join. And now that he's part of, he doesn't want to be part of. Obviously, we've asked him, you know, questions to make sure that he's safe in that environment. Um, and he is, he just doesn't feel like doing it. And, you know, there's a little bit of uh, worry about being away from us as well. So, We've tried really hard to support him around that. And um, it led to me telling him the story about my grandpa, Roger. And I'd love to share this story with all of you because I think that this story is not only a story that we can share with our, our kids, but it's a reminder to us as well when it comes to resilience and, and challenges that we might face. So my grandpa, Roger, uh, was very important to me. So as many of you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, um, I was raised by a single mom and a father who was not involved at all, just took, picked up and left. And, you know, there were consequences emotionally and, and obviously, you know, things that I had to deal with through therapy. Um, but in addition to that, you know, what it led to was me um, building very strong relationships with other men in my family. So, my grandfather in particular, as well as my uncle, who both played an extremely important role in my life and were, you know, my uncle is still a very important part of my life and a very important to my kids as well. So my grandfather, um, just to give you a background about him a little bit, he's kind of a cool guy. Um, he, he was uh, an undercover narcotics detective <laughs> and he, I wasn't there obviously when all this was happening, but he would leave for very long periods of time when my mother and my uncle were young because he would, um, go undercover and be part of these gangs and and join the people that were bringing drugs into our country and uh, our city and province. He would travel a lot, not always be close to home. And he would be putting his life at risk. And this was the first in those days. I don't know what the years were, but maybe 60s, 70s, I believe, late 60s and, and the 70s, where he... Um, you know, was putting his life at risk almost every day that he was out. And it, 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 you know, that my mom could attest to this, but it was a very difficult upbringing, you know, not having him around and also wondering about his safety. But all this to say that he was a really cool, calm and collected human and just played a really big role in me developing the resilience that I believe I have today, which is extremely important for, for our kids. We want them to develop that. And I easily gave up. <laughs> I easily gave up as a child. I did not have the growth mindset. I had a fixed mindset, especially when it came to math and all of that. But there was one day in particular um, where I was in high school and I had bought or my mom had bought me this really interesting kind of mascara that you would, you know, give yourself some highlights in your hair and it was red and I just thought I was the coolest thing. And <laughs> I came to school and people did not think it was cool. And I was ridiculed and laughed at. And I felt very uncomfortable and immediately wanted to leave the school. And I had already been bullied. I was being bullied, um, you know, in high school. And adding this to me, I wanted to add, I wanted to add these highlights because it just made me feel cool. And I, I was trying to be like the popular people. Um, in retrospect, I wish I didn't care about that. But you know, I did in the, at that time. And I remember calling my grandfather and I, it was the morning recess. And I told him I wasn't feeling well. I told him I felt nauseous and I had an upset stomach and I needed to go home. 
And so he picked me up and, you know, we chatted on the car ride going back to his house. And when we got to his house, um, I said, okay, I'm going to go rest. And he's like, well, before you rest, you should really take this drink. <laughs> and he placed this tablet. What are they called? I, I don't know what they're called, but the tablet that bubbles. And he was like, this will make you feel much better. And I was like, no, it's okay. I, I don't need it. I, I'll be fine. I just need to rest. And he insisted that I drink it. And I was like, no, no, I, I'm really sure that if I just <laughs> wait it out, um, I'll be fine in a couple hours. I just need to go in the room and, and sleep. And I, I just really wanted to go hide and cry and not talk to anybody. But he really insisted. And it just, it was so gross. It's not the end of the world. I mean, I've had it as an adult. It's, but as a, as a, I must have been 14 at that time. To me at that time, it was just like, this is disgusting. I don't want to do this. Why is he making me do this? You know, but he knew something was off. I, I didn't realize that, that at that time. So I drank it. I went to bed, you know, was happy that I didn't have to go to school, woke up. And when I got up, he said, I have a little lunch for you. I, I just napped for like 20, 30 minutes. But when I woke up, I remember him saying like, not he didn't prepare lunch. My grandmother did. But he said, then we're getting in the car and you're going back to school. And I remember looking at him saying, are you kidding me? Like, I don't feel well. And he said, are you better now? I'm like, well, no, I think I'm still like off. And he's like, I know you're not telling the truth. <laughs> and I wasn't somebody who lies very often and I'm not <laughs> not very good at lying even now as an adult I, I I'm not good at um, poker <laughs> I do not have a poker face but I remember just thinking how the heck did he know how do you know and he's like I made you drink that because I knew you were lying and I was shocked that he knew <laughs> I mean I just didn't know how he knew that. And he's like, what happened? And then I opened up to him and told him about everything that happened. And he's like, you need to go back to school. And I was like, there's only going to be like an hour and a half left of school at this point. Why are you bringing me back? And he's like, because you need to face, you know, what's going on. And I don't want you to avoid these situations. Do you think these highlights are cool? Do you like them? I was like, yeah, it gives my, you know, I have like red hair now. Like, I, I think I'm cool. And he was like, then who cares about what the other people are saying? And I was like, I get that. Logistically, that makes sense. But please don't put me back in that environment. Please don't bring me back. And he was like, I love you. And I'm doing this because I love you. And I want you to go back and face them. And and you don't have to say anything to them. But get comfortable being around people who don't agree with you. And people who don't think that what you're doing is the coolest thing ever. You don't need them to think that. I got in the car. I was absolutely furious with him. We had, my grandfather had never yelled at me in his entire life. He never yelled at me. He never got mad at me. He was just very, very stern. When grandpa said, get in the car, you get in the car. So driving there, I just remember stopping in front of the school and opening the door and being like, oh, <laughs> this is the worst day ever. And I went to class. There were, I think there were, I don't remember, a period or two periods left. And it wasn't that bad. Nobody else said anything. And I went back home and called him and said, what was the point of that? Nothing else happened. He's like, exactly. He's like, you needed to go back. Maybe somebody or a couple people in the first class you had didn't like it. But in the end, as long as you like it, you have to get comfortable with people not liking what you're doing or saying. And 
I am forever grateful for my late grandfather, Roger, for what he did that day. As much as I was so upset with him that day, it has led to me being very comfortable with criticism, very comfortable being in front of a lot of people and not having to overthink things, not having to wonder if they like the way that I look. I have that kind of confidence, I guess. And obviously there are moments as an adult where I wonder or, you know, you have moments of panic or anxiety or worry and that's okay. But that story, that story, that that day really changed the outcome of the way or the way that I was dealing with certain situations. And that's why I wanted to share this story with you. Maybe there's something in your child's life that they are struggling with that they don't want to deal with. And it's very easy as parents because we love them and we want to protect them. It's very easy for us to make that bad feeling go away. But when we place them in a situation that we know as parents is safe, but uncomfortable, that's where the resilience begins to grow. That's where the resilience, you know, shapes itself. And it's those moments, the ones that they won't like, the ones that will make us feel like we're really shitty parents, <laughs> that in the end will build that character and and they will thank us one day. So thank you, Grandpa Roger, for that moment, for that day where I just was not your friend and not happy with you because today I'm able to um, put myself and place myself in cer certain situations and that has allowed me to do what I do today. I also think that as parents, we also avoid certain situations with our kids that are uncomfortable. So if we know that our child is going to have a tantrum or a meltdown or very big emotions around a certain situation or transition, sometimes we avoid it. Or if we know saying no to our child for something will lead to very big emotions, sometimes we avoid it. And I think that as parents, we have to remind ourselves that those uncomfortable moments are important for them. Those moments when they don't want to hear no, they really want that chocolate or that cookie before they go to bed. Those are the moments that will shape them and support their emotional well-being and their mental health as they get older. We don't realize it, but it re they really are significant moments. So if we can be by their side and coach them and support them through the unpleasantness of those emotions, that's what will help them build the resilience. And that's what will help us build our resilience as well. We will gain more confidence as parents if we can put ourselves in situations and support our child. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? If our child is having very big emotions around us saying no to them for a certain situation, let's use that example of a, a cookie before bedtime. If we know that every single night before they go to bed, they ask us for that cookie and we say no. And we know that they always have really big emotions around that. And it's just so frustrating as a parent. It's annoying. You're tired. You want them to go to bed. So it's easy to give in. Not giving in, again, making sure it's something about nothing about safety and it's just, you know, a want that they need and there's nothing more serious than that. If we don't give in, and we manage to coach them through their emotions and calm them down, I guarantee you that that feeling of empowerment and knowing that you are their leader and their pillar, not their leader, but their pillar, 
you will feel that confidence after that moment. You're like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's really important for us to have those moments as parents. It's like those small wins and those small dopamine hits that just allow us to feel good about what we're doing as parents because we don't get many of those moments. So I do think that Grandpa Roger has taught me how to navigate these very difficult moments with my kids, but how to navigate those moments myself as an adult and as a parent, and that I can't move away from those uncomfortable, really uncomfortable, unpleasant moments. And that's what builds my own parental resilience, which there's research around, by the way. Um, So that's what I wanted to share with you today. I hope you enjoyed the story of Grandpa Roger. I hope you're well. I've shared on social media that many people, I've just, January has been a a little bit heavy. Um, I've been getting a lot of emails from parents that are truly struggling right now and, and lots of parents reaching out to me asking about divorce and how to, you know, go through this very, um, thoughtfully and mindfully with their child. Um, just a lot. So I don't know if you are listening to this and also having a really difficult, you know, beginning of the year of 2024. If you are, I'm sorry. And I wish I could give you a hug. Um, I know that it's not easy and we all go through very difficult moments, but it's not easy when we're stuck in that moment and feel like there's no way out. Um, so if you're driving, listening to this, uh, if you're walking and listening to this, make sure that you take the time to acknowledge what you're going through and, and give yourself a hug. <laughs> Try it. Honestly, I'm serious. Give yourself a hug. I can't give it to you. So I'm telling you to give yourself a hug from me. <laughs> and I hope that you have a beautiful and a wonderful week. I will see you next Monday. Bye everyone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and come follow me on Instagram at curious underscore neuron and visit the website curiousneuron.com. Thank you everyone for being here. Bye.